Hello and welcome back to the Dice Breaker podcast. Welcome back, me. I've been away for a couple of weeks, but I'm back. Uh, welcome back to the Mad Java Show. <laughs> That's it. I'm uh, put my name back up in lights, like scrap all the others. I insist on the and at the end of the film credits <laughs> and uh, knuckles. <laughs> did that? Did that happen in the Sonic movie? Is that a thing? Does Knuckles insist on the end? Uh, no, 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 I just, that's that's like a recurring meme. I don't know, carry on, Matt. I don't Do you know. need so Sorry. You're the, you're the one that pulled up the sonnet. <laughs> uh, I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Wills, of course, from the Dice Break team, head of video, Wills. Hello, I'm thanks for having me back. How are you doing? How are you? I'm all right. Uh, I'm incredibly tired, for reasons that we will talk about in a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. And I'm also delighted to be joined this week by a very special guest, Dizzy Rosebade. Welcome to the podcast, Dizzy. How are you doing? Uh, I'm well, and thank you for calling me very special. Just nobody ever has before. <laughs> no, we're delighted to have you here. Um, for well, would you like to introduce yourself? Actually, uh, tell tell folks what you're about and and what you've been doing lately. Uh, sure. Uh, I oh man, I should have something like this really prepared just to have offhand. <laughs> huh? uh, I am Dizzy, aka Dizzy Roseblade, aka Dizzy the Bard. Most recently. Um, I'm working on a Dungeons and Dragons themed rap album. Uh, it's currently on Kickstarter and it's doing quite well. It's doing a lot better than like me and the little team of people helping me really thought that it would. We kind of figured, you know, this is like a little niche thing. We just really want to do it. We'll ask and we'll see if anybody's interested, like help us out. We just want to finish it. And just so many people have been sending us messages and leaving comments and stuff. And it's, it's really, it's really very exciting um, because it, it just kind of highlights how many people out there would like to hear something like this. And that's very encouraging. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm sure we'll chat much more about D&D in general. We've got some some fun stuff lined up uh, for later in the show. But yeah. for now, let's kick off as we always do with what we've been playing this week. Uh, you know, Wills, Wills, let's start with you because we've kind of teased some of this already. So let's, let's get stuck into it, shall we? So, <laughs> yesterday, Matt, as I'm sure you remember... We played five hours of one of the most <laughs> shoddily put together digital versions of Monopoly uh, in existence, I think. Uh, it was pretty agonizing, <laughs> but it was for a good cause because we did it for it charity, um, which that VOD is available uh, on YouTube. Um, I, a few people are going to spot my cats in the background, by the way, because they're they're not on this camera, but they are on this camera. So you're just going to see like disembodied tails floating around. Because we record this podcast live at 2pm on Fridays uh, at youtube.com forward slash Dicebreaker. But um, yeah, we we did a, a big charity broadcast for um, for MAP, uh, which is a charity that specialises in medical aid for Palestinians. Um, it was grueling. My face was covered in <laughs> panini stickers. It, like, it's a whole thing. And like, if you haven't seen it, I recommend you go watch it. It's five hours long so i don't know if we need to also clarify for i don't know if is panini just a uk thing for folks outside the the uk perhaps dizzy dizzy maybe you can chime in on this panini is like a, a brand of football sticker by which no. we mean so no, so panini, soccer yeah panini is a sandwich and that's that's all that's what doing. i thought it's like if if anyone else of the uk is going why was wheels covered in sandwiches i um, think well aren't they called panini stickers because it's like an italian family name or something oh i don't know i think i don't that, if anything, know. Wills, that should have been one of those fun footy facts. <laughs> yeah, named after the Panini Brothers. Oh, there we go. The Panini Brothers. There you go. I didn't well, realize they were brothers. I, I, guess I just it... assumed it was going to be sandwich stickers. I was like, ah, that's <laughs> And we ordered 149 subs to the office and <laughs> stickers on Wills. 
it was sponsored by any subway sandwich going you know like we just anyone who wanted a sponsorship they just stub stuff it right on my face um but no it was it was weird it, it was a wild one but it was it was a lot of fun um it just reminded me like how bad because we okay we've got we've got a member of the team dizzy called lolis um who is a frequent monopoly apologist and says that monopoly is good actually all the time uh and we just like she sat there for five hours saying oh this sucks the game's being mean to me and it's like lonely this is this is just what monopoly is like it's this awful is what it's like for everybody else all the time. <laughs> this is what we keep telling you <laughs> but yeah after five hours i think she was running out of excuses <laughs> <laughs> oh god have you got any general opinions on monopoly dizzy any any big glaring hot takes <laughs> Uh, I mean, my my hottest take on Monopoly is just that I'm really just bad at it. Like, well, like I I don't think you can be good or bad at Monopoly. Like, you just sort of like the, we kept laughing at the fact that because we were playing the digital edition, it kept giving us like these these tips that would like float across the screen, and some of them were just like, "Don't land on a thing yeah, that makes like, you pay money," and it's like I don't have a choice. A try. <laughs> it's like if you roll a nine, you can purchase this part. It's like I don't know what I'm gonna roll. It's like, you you don't know what I'm gonna choice. roll game. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was uh, when I was younger, when I was like a child, and I would play Monopoly with you know adults, I apparently was good at it. I never know whether to believe I was good at it or whether they're like, "Oh, you're doing great." But <laughs> just like another hundred, yeah, buying the hotels, buying the properties, and all that stuff. Like I, I used to be, I think, pretty good at that. But I played a couple years ago with like a group of my friends, and oh boy, nope. <laughs> maybe it's just like the rampant uh just like pure irresponsible purchasing of a child is like the best way to play monopoly <laughs> i mean it is it is a game based on capitalism and the evils of it and yeah. i feel like if you're gonna have anybody be really good and evil like that that's a kid that's really good at just doing all of the wrong things you just totally win <laughs> Well, I think uh, I think we made about four hundred different anti-capitalism jokes on the stream. <laughs> so do give that a watch if if you feel like uh, if you feel like hating against the current system, which we often do. Hmm. Um, but yeah, we we play Monopoly. I won't I won't speak about it for too long because I'm sick of the sight of it. But uh, it was all for a good cause. That charity um, uh, fundraiser that we we did on Tilt Fight is still open now. Um, but Matt, have you got any more details on that and how long it's going to be there for? And uh, we'll we'll keep it open until next week. Obviously, we had forfeits, uh, including Will's pink stickers on his face, uh, which we won't be doing. Don't expect us to send like to <laughs> halfway through the podcast. Picture of Will's covered in stickers again. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've we've already made over five thousand um, dollars or like three thousand six hundred pounds, which is just it's incredible. Um, so yeah, thank you again to everyone who donated. Like it is for an incredible cause. Uh, thank you to those who donated enough to extend the stream because we were originally only going to go for three hours. You extended <laughs> it by two full hours. Um, yeah, it was it's incredible. Like we said, it's all for a good cause. Like you can you can go and donate through that Tiltify. Um, we'll we'll keep that open. But yeah, like whether you can donate or or even if you can't, you know, if you can't afford the cash, that's fine. But but go and check out that video. Maybe either share it around or you know then just yeah. support in other ways. So. Yeah, that's the main thing. If you haven't got the funds to help out, then just uh, tell tell your friends about it because they might and. Um... Uh, as we said, it is for a very, very good cause. So 
it's not it's not us shilling it's <laughs> it's it's something that that is uh is worth doing look we'd only play monopoly for something like this that benefits <laughs> others Just... our, our suffering has to lead to some kind of good in the world um but yeah apart from that um i've been playing a few little board games uh i'll, I'll go over a few that i just sort of like played a couple of quick games of i played tiny epic quest which is something that i've just had sat in my like table for a little while but um me and my partner have been playing games in the pub recently because we can go back to pubs now which is nice Ooh. so i wanted like small boxes so obviously tiny epic series is, is pretty good for that but tiny epic quest is like a little sort of worker placement like it's like very zelda themed like you're going into little like temples that are like water themed or ice themed or whatever and trying to get like legendary items and, and all that kind of stuff but it's basically just sort of like earn some sets and get some points and that kind of stuff but it was good fun uh we played red seven as well which i don't know if either of you've heard of but it's like uh it's it's like a sort of it's a card game that reminds me of some of the weird irish card games that my dad used to teach me uh because it's it's like it's a deck of cards that go from one to seven in all the colors of the rainbow in seven different colors um and each color card has a different rule on the side so you play cards sort of like in front of you to make a little tableau but you can either play a card so you have to basically the the gist is you have to end your turn winning um, so you can either play a card to just say, okay, well, if the highest number wins, I'm going to play a card that's higher than yours. Or you can change the rule of the game. So you can be like, all right, I'm, I'm never going to get the highest card because you've got like a, you've got a really high seven card or something like that. So I'm going to actually change it to like the person with the most cards under four works. It, it like, it's almost like flux, but good. Like it, it's, <laughs> it's got some actual like strategy towards it. Um, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, so I bring that out. It's like it's a really good pub game because it's literally just a deck of cards. So like you can bring it out pretty much anywhere. Um, I've been playing the Initiative, uh, which I think I spoke about a little bit before, which is like the the brand new sort of like campaign game, which is all about kids finding a board game that's actually like a a spy code or something, and they start getting followed by shadowy figures and all that kind of stuff, uh, which is quite cool because you sort of you read for a comic to play it, which is quite fun. Um, but more importantly, uh, and I literally just checked the footage and I had a small heart attack because I thought the audio had screwed <laughs> yeah. up. Uh, but we have received, uh, I think I've got, yeah, I've got some splash art here from it, but we've received the new edition <gasps> of Age of Sigmar um, for, I think it's called Dominion or something, the new box set. Yeah, Dominion, uh, which pits the Stormcast Eternals up against uh, a new greenskin faction called the cruel boys with a Z. <laughs> we were joking about the fact that you could probably make like a random name generator for orc units where you just put like you just replace all S's with Z's and, and just shove two bad words together. <laughs> They're literally called like gut splitters and stuff yeah. like that. It's it's very fun. Um but yeah, it's so there is an embargo on Monday, which means I can't really talk about it until then. But we have filmed the let's play. Um, me and Liv played a game. Liv was playing her first ever miniatures game and had a whale of a time, which is really exciting because it means that I've got someone to play minis games <laughs> with again. Um, but yeah, she she is like fully into Warhammer now. She's like reading up on stuff and like, oh, what can we play next and all that kind of stuff, which is really cool. Um, we're going to do some painting streams with them as well. There's some really, really cool models in there. Um, but I, for whilst we can't talk about it properly, I will just say... I had forgotten how long it takes to play a Warhammer game. It is ridiculous. It's like 
like we, I think we played for two and a half hours, and bear in mind that we were still learning the rules, and it was a new edition. I, I'm not that familiar with Age of Sigmar. Um, we did two rounds, <laughs> so like two turns each. And oh my god! After that, we were like, we need to go home. Like it's like half six. <laughs> we're still in the office. Um, but look out for that because that's gonna be a lot of fun. We we got some really really good looking footage for it as well because. We had we were back in the studios to get all the lights on there and stuff and the minis are absolutely gorgeous um so go give that a watch on monday hopefully i'm not sure what time that will come out but that's when the embargo lifts uh, and that's when we'll start posting about all warhammer all the time but yeah that's me that's me for this nice. week back in the studio as well like mm. living living over chatting just before we jumped into this about how it looks a, it's bizarre to just see people in the studio, like more than one person in the studio again, <laughs> but also the lighting that we've set up. It's very, there's a, you showed us a screenshot, and it's like very game show in a way that I'm, I'm really into. Well, so yeah, like, just... so we, we normally have, Dizzy, I don't know if you've watched any Dice Break videos before, but we normally just have like a, a flat white background, um, just like your classic <clears throat> sort of like, you know, speaking to camera kind of set up and yeah my cat's gonna show off his butthole again um but we <laughs> but um zoe has started filming uh these like makeup videos and she's got some colored gels that she put on the background and we went in and like the gels were all like turquoise so it felt like we were underwater and i was like well that doesn't work but then we changed one of them to red because we were like oh well the new dominion box is red let's try that and literally like the setup that you've got right now dizzy with the red and blue lights on either side it actually looked pretty cool so um we we just sort of stuck them up there and just left them in uh but as matt said it looks a little bit game showy <laughs> i think you were it was just because you were stood perfectly in each spotlight <laughs> so it looked like something out of time commanders uh, <laughs> great for thumbnails <laughs> yeah 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 all but right yeah, that's uh, me this week nice all right dizzy what have you been up to lately you've been playing anything or have you been doing other things i i have been desperately wanting to play something and really i've been <laughs> considering going back and believe it or not playing skyrim again oh right uh it's been years since i even touched it so now i'm just kind of like sitting around i'm like you know what i kind of miss and i know that as soon as i go through the process of installing it and i start playing i'm gonna get like 15 to 18 minutes into it so i'll get past the cart ride and then i just <laughs> won't feel like it anymore yeah uh, <laughs> it's a slow start it's i just like i i so desperately i just want to be halfway through playing it is what i really want but i'd be starting over and i know that that's that's going to be the problem aside from thinking about skyrim though uh i've honestly been just working on the on the project like um, i'm working on instrumentals just a lot i i kind of always am though i i really enjoy working on music even though i don't know anything about it um and I've been working on graphics. I got really into pixel art recently, so I've been just, you know, sitting in Photoshop, clicking and making little shapes and pictures and having tons of fun with that. I might hit you up because I've been getting, in, like, I desperately want a hobby that I don't monetize in my spare time. So, like, I've yeah. been picking up game development um, and I've been making, like, a little little pixely card game that's just that's just for fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it turns no, out you can, you can just fun. do things for fun. Um, but, yeah, it's all pixel art right now, so maybe we can collab. <laughs> yeah, right on. I'd, I'd totally be into that. I, I have a ton of fun doing pixel art. I would love to show somebody else the very, very, very little that I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> Dizzy, did you make the... Because I think one of the, the videos on your uh, Kickstarter for the Bar Chronicles has pixel art in it. Was that... Was that made by you, or did you reach out to so someone that? It wasn't, and that's why it looks nice. Uh, that was <laughs> made by uh, he is also a game developer. He works on pixel art stuff, um, and he's much, much more talented than I will ever be at making pixel art things. I can just tell him, I'll be like, Tegan, 
I need a warrior. And he'll be like, okay, cool. Like, uh, like Final Fantasy or like uh, Fire Emblem. And I'll be like, Final Fantasy. And 20 minutes later, he'll just send me back a sprite sheet. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, amazing. There we go. So that, that that's all him. Um, but mm-hmm. the, the graphics on the page, like the ones with all the little words in it and stuff, uh, decorative elements in the corners, uh, the words and the parchment in the background and that kind of stuff. That's that's the little bit that I'm allowed to handle on my project. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, have you been doing anything else, or you've been just kind of working away on that? Do you like so? No, it's, it's all it's all been that recently. That and like hitting refresh every once in a while. I'll just like scare myself a little bit because I'll hit refresh on the uh, on the page and I'll see the numbers gone up, not insignificantly and unexpectedly, and I'm just like. I'll have to get up and walk away for a second so I don't start like posting and asking people why they're doing this. <laughs> why are you giving me your money? What is what's what is going on? Like I, I needed this amount. Like it's double that right now. What, what do you want? What do you expect? Like it's a it's an innovative innovative like marketing technique to immediately be like, why why are you doing this? To just like immediately and analyze it's to use uh, use the powers of uh of negative reinforcement <laughs> yeah. like i had donations on the page before i put up the video announcing that the kickstarter was live there was already like 450 dollars in there i was like where like where did you literally even come from nothing was online <laughs> about this oh my god i do have like because i so matt matt's been chatting to you about this but i'm sort of like coming in blind here um like how much of it like how much of it like lyrically is about playing D and how much of it is about like the world of D? It, it is almost exclusively a narrative campaign like right. it is it is from the point of view of characters in the world uh the the setup is really farcical um dizzy me uh, and my friends in my hometown a guy kind of like shows up one day and he's looking for help and we just like we just BS him basically because he's an out of towner and we don't respect people not from our city. And we're just like, oh yeah, no, we're really we're we're adventurers. We're super important. And he believes us and gives us a quest. And then like we are obligated to do it. We don't have the opportunity to really back out. And that is how we end up in our situation. It sounds like a lot of fun. I, I am I am looking forward to listening to some of it. I think um, I think it's nice to see like. D and D content that isn't just every single thing that has already been made. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of like sketch shows and stuff like that, and it's like I, I am interested to see something a little bit different because it's it's so like it's so homogenous as like a as a thing that I feel like it's gonna it's gonna infest a lot of different genres. So seeing something that's like a little bit different from what you're used to is a, is a lot of fun. We also received like somebody emailed us about like a board game album recently as well. I don't know if there's just like people are thinking about making music about stuff, but there was like I, I gotta assume, yeah. Yeah, there's like the Tokyo Highway track and stuff like that. Do you remember this, Matt? I do remember this, yeah. <laughs> no I comments. I think it was a play on the Beatles or something. Their name was it the were they was just it called the Meeples? I think it was like the Meeples or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. We were less excited about that. One. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. be kind. Like, like, for those listening, I wrote up a story about uh, Dizzy's album, which then inspired me to him on the podcast. But yeah, like I, I do genuinely think what I've, what I've listened to is great, which is why I wrote the story from that angle like it is ge- like it's genuine like i think i was i'll be honest is it i was very cynical when you were like i'm making a D rap album 
because I think it's very easy for that stuff to feel like a bit like very yeah, yeah. Like just somebody throws out a reference every once in a while it's not really right like oh I'll hit you worse than Seiko and you're like oh not really <laughs> yeah but it, it's really good so I'd, I'd recommend folks go and go check out the Kickstarter also you, you've made like a promo wrap for the Kickstarter itself which is mm. just amazing which I've never seen before um but it's also very very good that was a ton of fun to do also the article was lovely thank you for that it was it was I've, I've been sending it to everybody all day all the time people <laughs> i haven't talked to in years i've been like yo check this out there's an article about me bye <laughs> you just got little business cards with a url for it now <laughs> yeah it's just, it's just a qr code people scan it thinking they're gonna get like a discount on something they think i'm a store employee and it's just an article about me there is like it, it there yeah, like as you said there's a slippery slope between like Oh, this is really cool. It's a fun idea between like and you know just dropping into ooh, mm. because I, I remember like when we first heard. Have you ever listened to Young Scrolls, Matt? No. Oh Wait, God, this, is it Elder Scrolls related? It's yeah, it's Elder Scrolls, and it's, it's not just rap. Like they they do quite a lot of stuff, but they they make um like they make the vocal track out of like samples from oh, game okay. audio um so they've got like there's like a whole morrowind ep called saint jub uh and it's just like it's genuinely fantastic because it's like it's like it's really good music but also like lyrically like it's not just like referency like you said dizzy like there's there's actual like bits of like someone speaking from that world but doing a rap like it's genuinely really good <laughs> at any point does someone say stop you have violated the law yes in one of the tracks <laughs> but there's so like it's morrowind so like it's um, oh it's morrowind right not oblivion right right yeah it's like there, there's like a track because like the, it sort of drifts between here's me talking about the world of morrowind and then here's me talking about the game of morrowind so there's like a bit where it's like you're always missing and then it samples the <laughs> noise when you just That's can't hit someone anymore. It's so good. <laughs> it's genuinely so good. I recommend it. Uh, that's Young Scrolls. <laughs> They're on YouTube. They were on Spotify, but they got pulled down by Bethesda. Really? Oh, yeah. right. Copyright stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, I went for a stage of I, when I, when I was at uni, particularly, uh, I got into a habit of every Friday night, I would boot up Trackmania Stadium 2. Oh, Trackmania. Uh, Trackmania is great, for one. But also the servers I was on were largely like it was it was the peak of dubstep, um, and the servers <laughs> I was on they had the they had like the the kind of peak of bad good dubstep. Mm. So it was like shares believe but dubstep, the X Files theme but dubstep. <laughs> uh, there is I can't remember the name of the artist, but there is someone that did because obviously. 2011 was Portal 2, mm. so there was a, a whole Portal 2 EP of dubstep, of like remixing Cave Johnson and <laughs> stuff like that. And again, like it was genuinely great. Like I had a great time, <laughs> but it was just like such a an of the moment thing of me like necking down rum, playing Trackmania, and listening to Portal 2 dubstep that will stay with me. Do you guys know Miracle of Sound on YouTube? They they make like sort of like video game songs, basically. I was playing uh, the new Subnautica recently because it just it just launched, and they've got like a jukeboxing game, and they have his Subnautica <laughs> song that he made about the first game as an in-universe <laughs> track good. in the second. It's very weird, <laughs> but yeah, uh, there you go. Music about ooh. games. <laughs> about games, like honestly, since I've been working from home as well, I mainly just listen to like chill hop covers of like songs from video games, songs from anime. Mm. Like I have just endless like. 
um, lo-fi beats <laughs> playlists because anything with words I'll start listening to the lyrics and then yeah it's hard to write words as you're listening to words um, so yeah just like a and so every like Spotify whatever Spotify's roundup thing was last year just like your favorite genre is just you know ambient music <laughs> it's like I'm fine with this it's like I listen to it like eight nine hours a day so I can see that coming yeah uh, definitely I I almost have like a worse version of that same problem like i i may have thoroughly ruined music for myself i have to just put <laughs> youtube let's play videos and stuff on when i'm working because if i listen to music with words i start wanting to like sing along or like wanting to do <laughs> yeah. stuff with the words of the song if i listen to music without words i start writing words to it yeah <laughs> i it's it's hopeless i i just have to put on like like mitten squad and just watch him try and beat fallout with a, a dart gun or something <laughs> i have <laughs> this thing where like so I, I used to do, i did music tech at uni and like whenever you were working on stuff it was like i want to listen to music but i'm making music so i can't <laughs> <laughs> and oftentimes like it was uni coursework so i wasn't enjoying the music i was making <laughs> but yeah it's a whole thing matt what have you been playing this week um i've not been playing loads so i played obviously monopoly for five hours um <laughs> over the weekend uh i played the prototype of soul raiders which is the new game from mark andre who uh is best known as the designer of splendor um, oh right funnily enough i played soul raiders three or four years ago at essen spiel oh wow um which is a prototype then um and as far as i can tell this prototype is like kind of similar but they built out a little bit um, it's very different to Splendor, so it is kind of... As you can probably imagine from the title. It's, yeah, it's kind of like a... It's, it's a strange game, um, and at the same time, kind of not strange enough, uh, which I'll get onto. Um, I'll probably write up some fuller thoughts for the website mm. uh, when, I, when I get time. But um, it's kind of like you're, you're a band of fantasy adventurers. Uh, you have location cards, kind of a bit like Arkham Horror, uh, mm -hmm. the living card game. And you move between them um, by spending cards from your hand. And then you also battle monsters by spending cards from your hand. And you're basically trying to make your way through each mission. Um, this was a, it's like a demo prototype, so there's only one mission. It's shorter than usual. But they're saying that they'll be about 90 minutes long, I think. Um, and they'll be connected together. And there will be kind of branching narrative stuff. And like depending on the decisions you make, different things can happen. And when you get to the end... Like it's it's possible to fail a chapter, but the world kind of continues on, and you have to then deal with the consequences. Mm -hmm. um, and that all sounds really promising. And for the first few turns, it was kind of interesting because you there's like slight hints of something like unlock in that you have to combine cards to pass skill tests. So it's like uh, there's a lock here. If you want to pick it, you need to combine you know cards to this number. Uh, and if there are multiple of you in the same place, you can combine them, hit that number. Uh, and move through and the cards flip over and you kind of access different story things and there are specific scripted events so uh, at one point like uh, my wife fell down a trap door um, and met a boss monster in a dungeon and stuff like that Matt, that all sounds cool to her? <laughs> she was off just doing her own thing I was busy. so this actually brings me neatly onto one of the criticisms I have and maybe it's because um, as a disclaimer we, we've only played once so far um, we we're kind of getting a feel for it but we kind of split up to see what's going on in different places and i ended up on a location and at the end of each turn uh different locations can have different effects and the one i was on just kept spawning monsters <laughs> and several of those monsters had an effect where i couldn't leave that area before they were defeated oh, so God. i just spent like 
six, seven turns fighting monsters while my wife was off kind of like exploring the castle, having fun. Um, and it kind of started to sap away my kind of interest in it a bit because I just spent turn doing the same thing. It was like, oh, do I have enough like uh, like fighting cards to defeat these monsters? Okay, I can defeat like two or four. But next turn, there's like a threat level. And depending on where the threat level is, it spawns a different number of monsters. So it then spawns another four. So it's like, okay, well, now I've got to fight these. And these ones also won't let me flee. Um, so yeah, it, it might have been that it was just poor luck. It might have been that we we weren't strategizing very well because we were kind of getting used to it. But that kind of, I enjoyed the the exploration elements where we were moving around and kind of combining cards to like flip over cards and discover scripted events. And as soon as the combat hit, it just started to really kind of drag. Um, and yeah, it it was that was kind of a, a shame because I think there's there's something promising in there. Um, it's worth saying that obviously it's a prototype. I think it's coming to Kickstarter this month, maybe next month. Uh, I would double check that, but it's come to Kickstarter soon, and obviously it's not finished yet. So it might be that they they need to work on balance. It might just be that we got unlucky, although it was it was on us. But yeah, it was it was kind of a shame because Splendor is one of those games that I go back to so often and always enjoy. It's very straightforward. Like it's one of those things where. You know, it doesn't change from turn to turn. There's not like a story or anything like that to it. It's just a very straightforward, competitive kind of pay for these cards, get the cards, spend the cards on other stuff, try and beat your opponents. But Soul Raiders was just kind of a bit like, eh, like, mm. yeah, fantasy adventure game. Yeah, some kind of interesting elements. I feel like 90% of combat. fantasy adventure yeah. games are just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's that's kind of how I felt coming out the other side of it. Um, in terms of other stuff, that's kind of all I've been playing uh, oh, we played Choose Your Own Adventure, The Green Slime. Oh, God. Yeah, I forgot about Monday? <laughs> was it Monday evening? Yeah, uh, for with, us? with some anime voice actors. Yeah, we played with the, the English voice actors for that time I got reincarnated as a slime um, as part of Metaverse. Uh, so Kristen, Brittany, and, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry, uh, Mallory, um, who were the various uh, voice actors for that game. Uh, game? Anime. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. That was we, a, that was fantastic. Yeah, I, I think really I think we fun. all knew that getting voice actors in to do actual voice, voice actors would be great. But like yeah. it was, yeah, it was genuinely really good. And we picked the book solely on the basis it was slime related, <laughs> uh, and it actually worked out treat because it was very eighties and very kind of nonsensical point. Mm. So it's like you find a ladder with one rung. It's like <laughs> why is there a ladder with one rung in this garage? It's like oh, so you can turn it into stilts, and specifically for this reason and no other. Because uh, who would keep a ladder with one wrong? Uh, so I, yeah, I <laughs> I think there's a future in uh, the idea of a choose your own rap album. I think the the idea that you move from track to track based on decisions that you make for the character would be pretty sick. <laughs> That's pretty good. So there's sort of a there's almost precedent for that. There's definitely been several different YouTube video series that yeah. are like a choose your own adventure thing, and a, a, a few of them have been musical. Mm. Um, I feel like it would be pretty easy to do a rap version of that. Uh, the only thing that I find is a problem with them generally when that happens is that like I just I just want to listen to like the the whole song, the whole track. I'm always, yeah, yeah. I'm always annoyed listening to something like twenty eight seconds at a time. I'm like, All right, well, <laughs> yeah. we wait for this to load. Oh, cool, there's an ad for Trident strips. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's in universe. Yeah, I guess you could um, it, rather than like breaking up each song into like multiple parts, you could you could have it be that like you go from song to song based on your choices, rather than do you know what I mean? Like rather than verse yeah. to verse. I think there was um 
on Spotify there was a choose your own adventure where like huh. if you based on which decision you wanted to make it would give you a code and if you searched Spotify for that code it you would find the specific audio track for it which was quite cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I, I suppose that. like drop mix or fuser is not a million miles away from mm-hmm. that right because you're kind of like blending between songs. Mm. Uh yeah. I'd, I'd be into it. Uh, in terms of other stuff that I've been doing, so other than Choose Your Adventures, uh, I've been reading a lot of manga this week. Uh, I started reading One Piece. I'd never read One that, Piece. Uh, I'm sure those, that'll, that won't take you long. <laughs> for those who don't know what One Piece is, it's a very long-running manga about a pirate uh, called Luffy. Uh, there are 1,000 chapters, or over 1,000 chapters, <laughs> as of the latest. I've read just Jesus. over 200 now. Um, so I have a long way to go, but I also took a break to start reading Berserk. Yeah. Um, so Luke Shaw wrote a fantastic piece on Berserk uh, following the passing of Kentaro, uh, Kentaro Miura um, a couple of weeks ago about its influence on things like Bloodborne, Dark Souls, uh, Kingdom Death Monster. Uh, basically, anything where someone's got a massive sword or there's something like really monstrous and grim, mm. uh, it's a good chance that Berserk influenced it in some way. Um, and those tend to be the kind of things that I like. Uh, so I started reading Berserk. I am enjoying it. It is, I would warn anybody who is interested in Berserk that it is very hard going at points. It is not a yeah. pleasant series. There's a, there's a lot of violence, which is very, very full on, but there's a lot of, um, like there's sexual violence at points. There's particularly in the early arcs, there are certain like homophobic and racist elements, which, uh, are quite unpleasant. Everybody in that world is horrible, um, but even so, there are elements that kind of go outside the bounds of some of the world. Mm. Um, but the it's a it's a story about dealing with trauma as well and coming to terms of trauma. So some of yeah. it does fit the narrative, but it is it is really kind of rough going. So Again, I'm, it's it's yeah. a very long running series, and I think there's yes. like especially towards the start, like yeah, there are some outdated um, bits of material, but like you know name something that doesn't have that you know like it's yeah yeah it's i think it started in 89 or 90 yeah. um so you know like early simpsons episodes <laughs> yeah like read any comic from the 90s <laughs> it's still, yeah. it's, 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 <laughs> make the same point like uh we it's definitely outdated as of now yeah maybe to consider it that way but it's it's an interesting i guess thing to examine is like where something was when it was considered i guess like acceptable or commonplace mm-hmm. um because like the series itself for as much in, as that as much influence as it has on a lot of media like a lot of anime a lot of comic book stylistically like the art style of it has a lot of influence it story uh character design just even subject matter wise like a lot of things hadn't really breached that kind of subject matter in general at the time and it's it's so crazy to think of it now as something like oh you know be careful when you read this it has influenced everything else Mm. you've ever like watched or read Mm. in your life but uh keep in mind like this is it's from a while ago and it's super duper rough like it's it's a fascinating i guess like thing to examine yeah and i think overall like like say i am really i guess is enjoying the word i don't know like i'm i'm really kind of appreciating it like the art is just kind of second to none like it is incredible you can tell that it i think it's the only thing that miura ever really did like ever really made and it's like 30 odd years Mm. that he was working on it and you can kind of tell that is it's like a real you know life's work um yeah it's it's incredible but yeah it, it kind of comes with just the the heads up of like a point it's going to be rough going mm. um 
for for a number of reasons. But yeah, it's a uh, it's quite the thing. Uh, I've read through three of the deluxe volumes, which are kind of like seven hundred and fifty pages each, uh, which seem to be the best way of picking it up. If anyone's interested, um, although they're quite hard to find at the moment because they sold out. I guess <laughs> as is as is the way when kind of a passing brings um, brings light to to something. Uh, all right, let's move on to a very quick bit of news. Uh, why, don't of... why don't <laughs> we? Why don't we? Let's treat ourselves to a bit of news. Uh, we've got a couple of quick headlines. Um, as usual with the kind of revised podcast format, we're going to read a couple and then we'll recommend some that you can go and check out on the website because that's the best place to read it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but this first kind of headline is there is an official Marvel tabletop role-playing game coming. Um, I think there's a, a quick start or kind of playtest version coming out next year, and then the full thing will be out in 2023. Oh my god, jeez. It feels about 40 years at the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it's official. I think it's the first kind of official uh, Marvel role-playing game in maybe like a decade or so. Um, probably since Marvel Heroic role-playing um, came out in 2011, 2009 maybe. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is, as you'd expect, uh, I think one of the interesting things about it is that it is very kind of obviously based on the comics rather than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, uh, on the front cover, there is Storm from X-Men, um, and Storm gets name dropped, uh, kind of specifically as well. And Spider-Man as well, because obviously film deals and Hollywood mean that the, <laughs> the kind of standing of those characters within the Marvel Cinematic Universe is iffy at best. Uh, they're kind of neither here nor there. <laughs> they appear when the money changes hands. Um, so yeah, we don't know loads about it at the moment. It is apparently powered by a new system called a D616, uh, which is billed as, quote, an accessible and easy-to-learn system for newcomers to tabletop RPGs. Was it advertised by QVC? <laughs> uh, only when I read it. Um, no, from so, yeah. JML. <laughs> so designing it is Matt Forbeck, who is kind of familiar from Shotguns and Sorcery. Um, uh, as well as other things. I think it's written for a few video games as well. Uh, oh, this is Marvel Heroic, Marvel Heroic Role-Playing came out in 2012. So, yeah, I think it's it's the first big Marvel RPG since then. Obviously, there are a number of big superhero RPGs. Um, so, really, I guess the big question about this is whether it's going to whether it's going to be worth it just for the Marvel bits. Like, mm. how much are they going to make it Marvel rather than just... Here's a superhero super RPG that we slap the Marvel name on. Yeah, there are a, like superheroes are a super um, super popular genre, as you can probably expect in like TTRPG space. That like, there's there's one that came out recently, I think, or is coming out um, soon, called Anybody Can Wear the Mask by Jeff Stormer, which was pretty cool. There's um, uh, what's the Powered by the Apocalypse one that everyone loves, where it's like trying to oh. hold on to your powers and stuff and not knowing how they work. Oh, masks? Masks, I think so, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So City like, of Mist superheroes as well? City of Mist is, um, is that like noir. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, but like, yeah, but there's there's like there's a whole genre of superhero RPGs for, for people to play. So I guess, I like, obviously the, the brand name is going to bring a lot of people in, which, you know, is always good, like... As much as I deride Marvel, but like there, there are like a lot of benefits to having like a a big system like this have like such a big time or something because it means that it breaks down walls for people who maybe have looked at Dungeons and Dragons and thought that's not for me or you know, um, like have looked at some of the the bigger RPGs and have been a little bit scared off by them. But like if they're a massive Marvel head, they know all the lore, all that kind of stuff. They might be a little bit more enticed by that and feel a little bit more comfortable playing or even running something like that. So 
Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what D616 will imply. It, I'm guessing this one of the sixes is the fact that you've got six stats. Um, and then maybe you roll one D6 or something like that. That's usually how these names work, where it's like uh, like the, the 2D20 system. Guess how that works. <laughs> oh, Toto, will you stop jumping up? God <laughs> almighty, this cat. Oh, Lord. Uh, he just loves being on camera. Um <laughs> But yeah, I uh, I'm always in, intrigued by like when someone's like, "Oh, we've got a brand new system." Like, because I'm uh, I'm always interested as like more mechanically than I am thematically usually. Because like, especially in this case, like as as I said, like I'm not a massive Marvel buff, but like if they're if they're gonna bring out a brand new dice system, I'm interested to see how it works because there's been some there's been some big branded properties that have actually done some pretty interesting things with with RPG mechanics recently, especially like Alien, for example, the stress mm. dice. Stuff like that. So yeah, I'm interested to see what it's uh, what it's all about. I'm also interested to see whether or not you play as like licensed the characters, actual things, yeah, yeah, or yeah. if you sort of make your own superheroes, that kind of stuff. You're a big Marvel fan, Dizzy? Not particularly, no. Oh but, sweet. Uh, <laughs> to, to the point. Um, I think it it is really kind of interesting to consider uh, new systems like that. And I think that it might be interesting also to see whether or not it actually is a new system or if it's sort of just one that everybody's newly aware of. Yeah. Um, like one of the things that I thought I was just a revolutionary for at the time was uh, in college, I had an idea for a new system that was uh, you take all of your stats and you just assign one of the dice types to them. Mm -hmm. uh, lo and behold, definitely not a new brand new revolutionary idea. And also everybody else who has done it has done it much better like kids on bikes phenomenal yeah. um but i i kind of wonder whether d616 is actually speaking to that or whether it's just one of those kind of like like is it could it be like 616 is it like a a, a six and a, a 16 sided dice like nobody's ever actually made those before i don't know it's it's i think there's a lot to it that like nobody knows yet yeah yeah i guess because they could always go the way of like fancy flight produced like all custom dice for a while stuff, yeah, yeah their rpgs were all the powered by custom ones. dice and which is to, like to be yeah. horribly yeah, cynical like i can it's see like, marvel can sell some dice. going that way that's, yeah, that's yeah. the apple charger route of doing it um but i think yeah there's also like a there's also a question of um like one thing that i'm a big proponent of is if you're going to make an rpg in a really specific universe especially someone like marvel like your mechanics should be built from the ground up to reflect that like we we uh, talked about a story on a podcast that was a while ago now about there's like a, a Hellboy RPG coming out and well and they were like we've just based it on D and D five E and it's like okay but like those are two very different like stories and worlds and and systems like they're 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 not built for the same things so like mm. why why just like go with the the most common one so I would be interested because the the fact that they've called it like here is the six one six system. You know, here is the system that we are now going to be using for all of our new licensed properties. Makes it seem like, you know, like something like Fate, where it's just like it will work in anything, but we put a new wrapper on it each time, sort of thing. Yeah, Whereas yeah. what I would like is like, no, here's here's the Marvel role playing game system, and here's how here's how you play a Marvel role playing game would be more interesting to me personally. Yeah, definitely. I I think that's that honestly that could be an entire series all all to itself. Is like. What are the benefits and drawbacks of adapting something to a system that exists and everybody's comfortable with versus making like a new system that actually better serves the narrative? Mm. Um, there's a there's a project on Kickstarter right now that I saw recently. It's um, 
oh, I can't remember. It's, I think it's called Grey Walkers. Um, but it's a, it's a, a post-apocalyptic kind of um, very like horror fantasy looking thing. It seems fascinating. It looks very cool. Um, but they're bringing it out in two systems. They made their own system oh. and somebody pointed out to them like, you know, that's going to be really inaccessible for people who have never played before. Mm. Like a lot of people have played D&D and they've never played anything else. And you're asking them to like do eight stats instead of six. And you're asking them to uh, to roll and like uh, use all these feats and stuff. Everybody who's playing now plays 5e. They're not used to 3.5 where that was very commonplace. You have a lot of systems in place that people aren't used to and they might not want to play because of that. So they're like, okay, well, we'll make a 5e version of it then so that everybody mm. who is used to that can just play that way. And mm. if they want to, they can play the new version. And like, what what's the, is that worth doing for a lot of things or does that only work sometimes? Mm. Yeah, there's there's something to be said about designer's intent as well, right? Where it's like, you know, like it's it's all well and good saying, okay, well, you know, 5e is the most common system and therefore it's the most accessible one. But also like, you know, sometimes... Um, Sometimes there's a question of yes, but that will that will make the game not the game. Do you know what I mean? Like if if it's designed specifically to work in the framework of three point five or, or whatever it is, you know. Um, right. So there's there's always, I think there's always like a like it, it's it's a two, it's a double edged sword, right? It's a, there's always like a sort of like a good and bad column for both, I think. But um, in the in the general sense of things, as I feel like if you've got a book that's um, got all of the materials that you need to play that game inside the book, then like um and especially if you're if you're giving uh everyone the easiest tools to to ingest that knowledge then that's fine you know things like D beyond for example have made made stuff a lot simpler because you know it'll, it'll just calculate all the roles for you all that kind of thing or um we were talking about anyone could wear the mask earlier so i think jeff stormer is making an audiobook version of the rule book and stuff for, huh. for people who can't you know just right. sit through and read a book right it's like mm. there's there is like a lot of um I think there's that yeah there's a lot there's a lot of ways that you can encourage accessibility without like this is going to sound very over the top but conformity do you know what I mean like there's 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 a way of making everyone comfortable with playing the game without it being you just have to play 5e because that's the one that everyone knows if that makes sense but that's my two cents anyway but you know what I mean <laughs> yeah yeah at the end of the day like whatever gets people into RPGs right exactly like, I yeah. think that's the thing is like if they're like if 5e framework is the way to go and then that is kind of like the stepping stone towards other stuff like good on them like you know yeah <laughs> but if it's like a, a brand new system and you're coming in completely fresh like why not i think yeah like it's the the plurality plurality this is plurality. what i'm trying to use it plurality, <laughs> plurality. <laughs> having a lot of options is good <laughs> All right, yeah. uh, let's move over to this next this next story, which we discussed a little <laughs> bit on the stream yesterday, and I just had to pull it. So this popped up while, while we were streaming, uh, and I sent it over to Chase, who wrote up a, a story on the website. Uh, Antoine Griezmann, f- famous footballer of uh, FC Barcelona fame. Thank you, Wills. I don't know football, uh, soccer. Um, is now the official ambassador for the Yu-Gi-Oh trader card game. <laughs> which, Honestly, it's just incredible. There are promo images of uh, Griezmann it's wearing the like the jewel deck thing. Genuinely incredible. And, like, genuinely incredible. Yeah. <laughs> just dizzy. I'm just gonna put a link in the in the Google Meet so you can see it. It's gonna mess up the video a little bit, but that's fine. There we go. It's it's, it's so good. <laughs> uh, if you're wondering, by the way, Griezmann's favorite card is Time Wizard. Excellent. Uh, on account of the random element it introduces to a match. Uh, and he loves Joey from the original anime series. Oh, who doesn't? So, yeah, I mean, this is 
like it's i think it's very easy to sniff at like celebrity endorsements but this it kind of came out of nowhere in a way that makes it feel like it must like i don't know it's so out of the blue mm. that there must be a genuine like affinity there right like no i'm i'm 100 percent sure that anton Griezmann probably watched the anime as a king got really into Yu-Gi-Oh. like i i 100 percent believe him uh what i'm confused at and i'm sure this is just like a fun thing for konami and they've probably got as we said on the stream they've like they've probably got links through pairs that they can just sort of like you know get get a bit of an easier conversation with that but what i'm confused is about like what are they trying to achieve with this celebrity endorsement is there like a big target market of people who are going to like the french national or la liga games who they think would be really into really into playing you know <laughs> yeah I don't know. It just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they want to. Maybe they want to go after the FIFA Ultimate Team market. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I just, I just kind of love it. Like, I think it, like, in in kind of genuine seriousness, like, I think it is kind of a, like, I say, it's it's very easy to sniff at celebrity endorsements of things of Tom Hiddleston cooking up dinner using Centrum um, <laughs> supplements, but um, like seeing something like this, it is kind of like a nice thing of. You, Things like Yu-Gi-Oh, things like Magic, like the whole tabletop gaming hobby is often like kind of cast aside, right, as one of those things of like it's still considered as being like a very niche thing. Yeah. But it's it's not anymore. You know, D D is huge, like critical role itself is huge. Like it's it's kind of crossed the precipice of mainstream um popularity. Even though it was already always that, because everyone plays Monopoly, everyone plays Jenga. Like they are, you know, there is there as much board games as anything else. Um, so seeing stuff like this is just kind of like a wholesome way of like, of, of course a footballer is into Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, of, there, of course there would be at least one yeah. like, big name footballer who's into Yu-Gi-Oh because like people have hobbies outside of the thing that people learn for. Like, Kylie Ray Jepsen plays Catan. Like, and so does Kristen Bell. Like, they post about it on Instagram. Like, you see Vin Diesel playing D and D. Like, and it's genuine, you know, affection and kind of passion for this stuff. So I just like I don't I don't get rats ass about football, but I kind of love to see this. Like it, it well, it's genuinely as, warmed me. As Emma Potlow, um, <laughs> our lovely contributor in the in the chat, pointed out, uh, like Magic the Gathering had Post Malone playing recently yeah. and stuff like that, right? It's like I think there there is something to be said about like the normalization of it of like because there there is always that sort of hint of embarrassment that people feel about hobbies like this which like they shouldn't but it's it's not their fault that they feel embarrassed it's like the society of like laughing at nerd culture kind of thing so when you see someone who you know this is like a a millionaire footballer who's playing in the top flight is playing like a game as dweeby as Yu-Gi-Oh like it's not it's not even magic where it's like you know the the one that everyone plays it's Yu-Gi-Oh do you know what i mean like i think that's a genuinely like almost like quite empowering thing for people to be like oh okay it's fine then <laughs> which is always yeah, good that's that's super interesting too because i think it's interesting from both angles like from from our point of view as people who are like generally into games and uh, like i guess like nerd culture related mm. things like comic books tabletop things um cartoons anime etc uh i think it is something that we see people uh kind of like looking away from a lot and it's easy to feel like a lot of people aren't really into it but i think from the opposite point of view like celebrities like something people 
who everybody knows and everybody knows about them. They're always like watching their lives and like, what are you doing? What are you into? That kind of thing. Mm. And it's people who kind of feel this pressure all the time to always be like cool or always be like the best at something, always be like in the public eye in a really positive way. Uh, I think that it's really easy to assume that those are the kind of people who couldn't possibly be into the same stuff that mm. everybody else is into. Like, there's no way Vin Diesel's into D&D. But, like, yes, he is. And, yes, he has been forever. He's mm. been super into it his entire life. Like, the whole, um, what was it, the, the last Witch Hunter thing. Like, that was his D&D campaign. Like, he's so in. He, I think he, did he read the Dritz books, too? Did he do the Dritz audiobooks yeah, I think or something? So. Yeah, yeah. I heard something about like that. And, like, like Terry Crews, same way. Like, the giant, like, muscular dudes, international superstars, paid all the big bucks on TV and movies D and D players. Like mm. it's I think it's easy to not see celebrities as like the same kind of people that everybody else is, but like it's a really good example of yes, they are. Like this dude's into Yu-Gi-Oh, really? Like, yeah, man, he does other stuff. Yeah. I and like it I think it's also nice to to see it happen because it means that like if you are a big like person with who has their own PR team and is like concerned with self image, right? Then, if you feel comfortable enough to announce, like, "Yeah, I'm a I'm a massive Yu-Gi-Oh head," then that means that like we're getting to a point as a as a society where it's like you know it feels a little bit more normal for people, which is mm. great. Um, and then they can all come over and read Dicebreaker.com. Yeah. Uh, Wills, for your consideration, uh, Anton Weebsman. <laughs> for my consideration. <laughs> Yes, I will be voting for an Oscar for that my, joke. <laughs> my big question is like, what comes next? Is it just like David Lynch playing point salad, or like <laughs> I don't know, like because I think another one that comes to mind is like I think Daisy Ridley chatted about how they played werewolf, like on the film set of I don't think Star Wars, but another another kind of big. I think it was Murder on the Orient Express, because they were all playing uh, werewolf, and again, right? It's like of course they were, because like actors and like you say, Dizzy, like actors and celebrities, like they have their off time, like they do the stuff that everyone else does. But I think it's just, it's always kind of the interesting thing of like, you don't often see it because like you see a very kind of polished, clean, like marketing friendly, mm. almost like version of them. So well, it's nice was... when this stuff comes through. There was that moment where, so um, I'm dizzy. I apologize. I'm going to talk about English football teams for a second. Uh, but I, I support a team called Watford, um, who have recently just been promoted to the Premier League. Uh, and they, like, you know, uh, are it's just people who play football and you expect the same things as you might from Anton Griezmann. And there was a bit where they were, um, <laughs> they were interviewing someone and they had done the interview in the local board game cafe. So behind him, he had like this massive Kallax full of like, like proper board games, you know what I mean? And I just had this moment of like sheer excitement where I was like, oh my God, oh my God, does he love board games? Can we get a Watford player on the <laughs> on the Dicebreaker stream? Let's do it. Um, but then they zoomed out and they just like had set up a chess board next to him. And I was like, <laughs> I feel like this was the only place they could do the interview. <laughs> oh God. But yeah, no, I, I, love, I love to see it. More footballers playing Catan. <laughs> Yeah, like let's 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 get everyone playing board games, right? It's like uh, that's kind of it for our news section. Uh, other stuff you might want to check out. Um, I think Chase wrote up about the new Strixhaven book for D and D. Speaking of D and D, so Strixhaven, the recent uh, Magic: The Gathering setting, plane, 
Um, it's like it's basically Hogwarts, uh, <laughs> but not written by a terrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's coming to D and D. There's the um, new card game from the creative director of the Arkham Horror card game and Marvel Champions, um, Andrew Navarro. Uh, Earthborn Rangers, as well as a new studio which is kind of focused on uh, eco-friendly games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase interviewed the designers of Once More Into the Void, which is kind of an RPG inspired by things like Mass Effect 2 and Next Generation. Yeah, by Jamie, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, sounds really interesting. Caitlin Ennis wrote about why sometimes you should kind of just stick to the rules in RPGs. Like, you don't always have to kind of throw them out the window and make up your own stuff. Like, it can, it can sometimes be better if you just do it by the book. Um, also, we highlighted, I think both of these actually written up by Chase. Uh, thank you, Chase. Always doing a fantastic job. Um, a couple of bundles on itch um, for good causes. Speaking of good causes this week, so there was an indie bundle for Palestinian aid. I think that ends tomorrow as of this being live. So it ends on June the 12th. So if you're listening to this on the audio version, it's already ended. Sorry. Um, there's also a tabletop RPG charity bundle for trans support, which I think lasts until July. So you can go and check out those and get some get a lot of games. There's a lot of games mm. for like five dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say it's wild. I just saw the Palestinian aid one. It's it's huge. It's a yeah. gigantic bundle for only five bucks. And there's a lot of like really good and or good looking games in there. Mm. Yeah, I th- I yeah. remember um it was a similar thing with uh back when the BLM protests were at the absolute peak in the in the middle of the year, there was a massive bundle on itch for um for help supporting in that and it's like i i think itch has become like a really good place for uh just like creators actually doing what they want to do rather than like being forced to you know abide by like steam or something like that like it's i i love itch i i think it's just great and i know it's yeah. it's just another company so at some point they might turn into horrible corporate bastards but it's i think it's fantastic at the moment i'm really glad to see that it's such a fantastic community on there yeah uh it's just a good place just go and check it out uh let's move on to this week's segment uh which inspired by dizzy coming on we've come up with we don't have a name for this dizzy we normally improv a name don't uh, say we so... this is all you matt <laughs> <laughs> uh so oh gosh okay it's it's gonna we're gonna call it um rpg rock, strings rock rock and rolling i don't know it's terrible um <laughs> Oh god! So uh, this week's segment, what we're gonna do is we have picked out a few like musical things. So they could be songs, they could be albums, they could be artists, um, and kind of inspired by Dizzy's own D and D rap album. We're gonna just kind of uh, you know we're gonna hash out some ideas for what they could look like as an RPG or like an RPG adventure or something like that. Um, we were going to just pick songs from our, our respective music libraries on Shuffle, but I felt like uh, diving into a very deep hole of <laughs> then having to skip through 50 songs in order to find something that uh, wasn't excruciatingly embarrassing or uh, just impossible to turn into an RPG. That was uh, my problem, by the way, just for the record. <laughs> a lot of my uh, music playlists are either just instrumental and I the, there's very little that you could come up with in terms of an RPG there's very little i could come up with in terms of like an rpg game just based on a purely instrumental piece with no uh, stated subject matter uh or it's super duper family unfriendly (laughs) and uh it'd be better served maybe not being a game okay matt hello what's the format 
Let's do uh, this. Well, I think does does anyone have one they want to start with? I think we can we can all riff in. We'll all chip in once someone suggests one. Um, but I think we've got a you know due to how we've done uh, these kind of things in the past where we kind of just we just riff on it. You know, I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, it's disappointing to me that there was already. <laughs> I mean, not that disappointing. There's there already exists several Kylie Ray Jepsen RPGs, one of which we played on the channel, um, because yeah. It's really good. Shout out to Colin Cummings, who's also been on this podcast before. Uh, Boy uh, Problems is genuinely a great RPG. It's really good. So if we're if we're pitching if we're pitching RPGs based on like song titles or album titles, or whatever it is, uh, there's a track in my sick tunes playlist spelled with a Z. I listen. Uh, yeah, it's a good playlist. I listen to it. <laughs> you send it to me. Uh, called "Wasted None" by Cherry Glazer, um, and I I like I want to I want you to imagine there's an S at the end of that song title. Uh, and it's it's like a Grant Howard-esque RPG where you are all playing nuns who have gone on a field trip uh, and have accidentally been getting completely hammered, unbeknownst to them, because they thought they were just having some nice fruity drinks in their in their innocence and, have, and are actually wasted. <laughs> um, so you have like, let's say it's like you have two stats: piety. And uh, <laughs> pissed or pious, pissed or pious. There you go, pissed or pious. Uh, you have to get back to your your. Is it a convent? A co- convent? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what? Sorry. A nunnery, right? A nun- you have to get back to your nunnery. Is that um, where nuns are hatched? I don't know. Yeah. Whilst whilst not getting into too many hijinks and not like <laughs> completely ruining everyone's public image of you, uh, using your two stats. Pissed or pious? <laughs> that's good. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's really good. There's a, there's, I think a couple different ways that could go too. Like that could go like the lasers and feelings route, mm-hmm. where you have like you pick your your stat level and you have to roll above or below it and try try and use it to your advantage, or that could go like the uh, the red dragon in route, where you have like the two stats starting at opposite ends, and when they meet in the middle, like you're done. Because mm. uh, they just recently had a thing come out. It was like a dragon, uh, a red dragon in like a bar crawl. Um, so you go to all these different locations, and each location has different like uh, cards and stats and benefits and things that can happen to your characters in it. Um, that would be fascinating to see reskinned about drunk nuns. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, no, I feel like you could say that sentence about anything. I, that'd be fascinating if you did it with drunk nuns instead. <laughs> Marvel movies, drunk yeah, nuns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eighty billion dollars. <laughs> Matt, have you got anything with you? Um, all right, all right. Uh, so the first thing I wrote down, and I, I, I don't know why, uh, was the "They Might Be Giants" song, Doctor Worm. <laughs> uh, just be- <laughs> because I think Doctor Worm would be a good name for an RPG um look you've you've got a job title in there so that immediately could set some kind of framework yep. you've got um, a class so, so yeah so for those not familiar with the song dr worm it's about a worm uh, the worm likes to play the drums um but the worm isn't great at the drums uh it can handle criticism so i think this is the way that this goes is you have to balance your burgeoning medical career uh, as a doctor <laughs> with your side hobby of playing the drums mm, mm-hmm. um so it i guess it could almost be something like uh Zhongxi, uh where you kind of like yeah. during the day you have your day job um and you are you know you have to solve medical emergencies you have to operate um worms don't have like any opposable thumbs or anything like that so it's probably quite difficult um like you have to and also you're very small i guess if you're a literal worm 
So maybe you go inside the body, like on a fantastic voyage kind of thing, uh, and solve the medical emergencies from the inside out. Uh, and then during the night, you then, you know, go in the, the garage, you have to practice with your band, you have to play the drums. Uh, you know, you have to get together with Rabbi Vol. Uh, I'm imagining the other... I'm imagining how a worm plays drums now. I'm trying to figure that one out. Does do they have like one stick in the mouth and then stick in the tail? Wrap, I guess yeah, wrap yeah. the end of the tail for the other one. Although then I guess you, you could just pedals. bang with the tail. Yeah, bang with like the the tip of the tail. I think they play the drums like Def Leppard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. That's a very mean joke. <laughs> well, right. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's impressive. <laughs> he still does it. Um, Dizzy, what do you yeah. got for us? Uh, Alright, so uh, I'm going to start us off strong. I'm going to say the collective works of the Insane Clown Posse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. yeah, of no, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so we'll have like a like a juggalo dark carnival world. Yeah. And you play your different character types. You get uh, recurring sort of appearances from people like Malenko Brothers uh, who I guess like give you plot hooks or quest lines or things like that. You can go to the different locations. You can go to like the Echo side. You can go to. I know a little bit too much about this. Probably <laughs> you have a morbid curiosity. You would be surprised by the number of times I've listened to the song "Miracles." <laughs> I, I was a teenage juggalo. All right. Nice. Um, uh, and I think maybe like the ultimate goal. I don't know whether the ultimate goal would be to escape the carnival or maybe to get all the way to the deepest level of it. Mm. that's sort of the the uh, i guess toss up that i couldn't figure out an answer maybe, to in my head maybe it's this... like a sort of hidden role thing where it's like some people are really into it and some like everyone in the group thinks they're there for a joke but at least one part of the crew is actually mm. massively into it and wants to get to the highest level or is it that you've simply embarked on a quest to discover how magnets work yeah i was, I was gonna make that <laughs> yeah, joke no, as well so i was uh, i was trying to figure out because it was eventually revealed that the carnival is uh symbolic of heaven so like is the goal to actually get to the carnival and like you're in the dark carnival you're trying to get to like the carnival the Ooh. big show or something like that i don't know I, I couldn't work out the all of the logistics of it myself in the i don't know 15 minutes that i thought about it yeah it's, I, it's a complicated game <laughs> yeah i like this and like you've a, you've got a party mechanic right and that you've got the gathering of juggalos in that mm. you that's your party it's like you have you have your gathering of juggalos i'm imagining they have it's to make like, their way through the dark carnival i'm imagining it's like you know how it, like blaze the dark like everyone's playing a rogue but they're like sort of like subtypes of rogue I feel like, you know, like, how many different subtypes of Juggalo are there? Like, what what are the archetypes of the Juggalo fandom? <laughs> Play the Struggalo, but, like, you're just <laughs> constantly taking things from your party members. Yeah. But then it turns out that you have more things than what you took somehow. <laughs> I'm into it. I think this this could definitely work. I do, To be honest, at some point I'm surprised there isn't an ICP like rpg already you know you would think like yeah. there's movie commentaries there's yeah. uh, uh shaggy and jay sat down and did like commentaries on music videos and stuff like yeah. how did you do that before you came up with a board game guys get at me contact yeah. me let's make this board game <laughs> thing happen we'll do this do they have a wrestling promotion as well <laughs> oh it, it's been wrestling for a very long time yeah, yeah. icp rpg just rolls off the tongue as well <laughs> yeah it does as well right like you can imagine that in like nice typeface mm-hmm. on a book like Oh no, it wouldn't yeah. be a nice typeface. <laughs> well, yeah. It would be the Joker font from Microsoft <laughs> Word. <laughs> I'm yeah, I can I can see this. All right, Wills, have you got uh, got another one in the bank? I've got 
I've been doing song titles. I've got I Know the End by Phoebe Bridges just sort of like sat here in front of me. And I'm and I'm imagining like, and I think to be honest, we're playing Ark soon, right? Yeah, I was going to um, say Ark is the first one that came to mind. Yeah, because like Ark is about sort of preventing the apocalypse. So I, I feel like maybe this is kind of, um, there is an RPG, I've forgotten the name of it, where, uh, and I believe we wrote uh, an article about it. So Matt will probably be able to help me out here. Um, but there's an RPG where you're all playing clerics um, who have found out that their god yeah. is dead, but they're having to convince everyone that they're not um, and that everything's fine. So I, I like the idea of like, uh, like you know that the end is coming, you know the apocalypse is happening, but you know there's not actually anything you can do about it. So the the goal of the of the RPG session is to just make sure that everyone just like doesn't pay attention to like, hey, what's that big comet in the sky? Oh, that no, nothing. That's uh, that's just a, a really nice uh message from the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, there's the, there's an eclipse or something. <laughs> the, the game you're thinking of is called Our God Is Dead. Our God Is Dead. Yeah. There you yeah, go. I probably go. should have remembered that. Um, so I can remember either. I search it <laughs> but i think yeah that kind of like i like the i've gone for comedy for both of these but i like the idea of like a comedy rpg where it's like you're not you're not trying to solve the problem you're trying to like just smooth it over so that no one notices it's happening uh like rather than killing the big bad you're convincing everyone that he's just here for, for like a visit and he's actually a really nice dude <laughs> weekend at bernie's but with the world <laughs> <laughs> That's me. All right. That's all I've got. I'll be honest. Like that's it. that's me completely dried up. All right. Uh, I've I've got well, I got a couple more, but I'll I'll do one, uh, which is mainly just like the format of it. So I was thinking about like Kendrick Lamar's "Damn" mm -hmm. album, and the fact that it was released like obviously with song order, and then I think they put out on like a vinyl special edition that was it backwards because the album basically loops, like it starts with a gunshot, ends with gunshot. Mm. And I really love the idea of an RPG that is somehow like almost like a palindrome mm. or some kind of like uh, cyclical kind of format where you know the beginning and the end because it's the same place. So you almost have to get to somewhere and then get back to where you came from in terms of your character. There and back but... again by uh, Fred Baggins, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, okay, yeah. No, what I mean is I would just like a Hobbit RPG. Um <laughs> So it's basically but, like the hero's uh, journey kind of thing, right? How how would you even go about designing an RPG based on the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings universe? I don't think that's possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no one's really tapped the vein of fantasy. Well, it's no, it's quite no. yeah, it's quite an underserved market. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe we're getting into something there, you know? Uh, or or maybe okay, maybe to 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 try and save this idea, maybe it is um, it's like the the game starts with like the equivalent of a gunshot in that you are like you are dying or passing away or like seriously injured and it's almost like a flashback right so it's almost like blades in the dark flashing mm. back to how you planned it but instead you almost rewind time and tell the story of how you got here yeah and like in some way you need to set up along the way the ultimate goal is to set up how you could like survive what's happened to you or how like how it's come about and how it kind of brings everything to so the close this reminds me of um you know Brindlewood Bay. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So so Brindlewood Bay is like a a, a crime solving grannies RPG, sort of like that kind of like Agatha Christie kind of uh, theme. 
but the the world is super like Lovecraftian. So like they're actually like solving real horrible mysteries. Um, but the really interesting way that it it deals with mystery games mechanically is like stuff like Gumshoe and things like that. Oh, for goodness sake, boy! <laughs> Honestly, he just has to be on camera. Um, the the way that things like Gumshoe do it, where it's like. Uh, essentially just loads of prep for the gm where it's like here is the mystery all completely laid out and then let your players go through it which is fun but it, it takes a lot of prep so at brindle bay like you introduce elements of the uh of the case and then whenever one of the players is like i think i know what happened here you basically do a role to find out if they're right so it's like you're kind of piecing together like oh, okay that's not right so like what are we missing that kind of thing and and as you go through it you're you're basically inventing the crime as you go Kind of like, you know, murdering Hong Kong or, or something like that. Mm. So, um, I, yeah, I like the idea of, like, you've got this big earth-shattering event that happens at the start of the session. And the GM doesn't know how it happened or how you got there. That's what you work out and play. I think that's a really, really fun idea. Excellent. All right. I've, I, I saved go, it. Go write a game, Put out that <laughs> nosedive into The Hobbit. Uh, all right, Dizzy, have you got one more to, to bring a segment to a close? I I do. I had a, a couple other ideas. I'm sorry about that. I was waiting for uh, the truck festival to go past. <laughs> Wait, truck um, festival? Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I had one, and I feel like it might be kind of cheating, but legitimately, I was just, I had my playlist on shuffle earlier today, and the Power Rangers theme came on. Oh, uh, And it, it made me think how interesting it might be to have, a, like, a tabletop RPG not based on like well so it's it's based on being something like a power ranger something like a superhero except it's not in any way based on actually fighting monsters or like defeating evil or anything it is based on living your everyday life and trying to keep everybody you know from finding out that you're like a superhero of some sort uh, and that's so like fun. what happens mm. is the setup is you uh, maybe like you roll for an encounter and uh, you have to go and you fight this monster and all that stuff happens off camera. That's the setup for your adventure. And your adventure is after that happens, like, okay, I had to get home. I got to get changed. I had to go to work. Uh, uh, did a news camera see my face? We rolled to find that out. And then like, do I have to try and justify it and say that was somebody else? Am I wearing the same clothes? Do I have enough time to get somewhere? Or am I going to be late and have to come up with an excuse? And it's all that kind of stuff. So mechanically, you're trying to convince everybody you're just like a regular person and keep them from figuring out that you're actually like like a, a worldwide superhero of some sort. I love that. You call uh, yeah, it mild really like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like it's almost like the it's it's the admin side of superhero. Yeah. Like yeah. Su being a superhero, right? I yeah, I really like that. That's fun. Well that's one of um that's one of everyone's favorite parts of uh um, the Marvel Champions card game, right? Because it's mm. like you're playing these Marvel heroes, but you also have to play their um what's the word again? Their their counter alter ego. Alter ego, thank you. You have to play their like normal person alter ego and it's like, you know, oh you've got, you know, hospital bills to pay and all that kind of stuff where it's like, uh, you know, you're you're not you're not just a like I'm a big invincible person. You've got all the normal Wills, did you say you've got hospital bills to pay because that's a monopoly card? No, it's... there's um is it Carol Danvers? Oh yeah, I think. I don't, right. mate. Don't ask me about I just, Marvel law. Like, <laughs> that's all there was now in your brain, just monopoly <laughs> chance cards. Listen, whenever the whenever the, the theme of a story is like, I've got loads of hospital bills to pay. I just I can't relate. Like, <laughs> we live in the UK. <laughs> oh lord, no, it's um, 
yeah i think it's i think it's really cool to to look at like the other end of stuff so when you when you said um power rangers dizzy reminded me of uh there is like a sort of turn-based strategy game where you play a sort of like knockoff power rangers thing but the the framing device isn't you are the power rangers it's you're making a show so like you've got like actors playing each of the roles and stuff like that and like whilst it's proper combat when you're on tv you're like it's like no no no, you can't lose this is the the, we've got to refilm (laughs) that like we've only got so long for this to go so like it's uh, really good it's beautiful joe then like yeah. you run out of help it's like cut 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 uh, there was, a, there was a, a manga series that i read a very short I, I hesitate to call it a series i think there were like three books um and i don't remember for the life of me what it was actually called but the title was something akin to uh like don't you know all the superheroes are dead or don't you know heroes don't exist or something like that and it was about an alien overlord like an alien conqueror who comes to earth because he saw old broadcasts of the power rangers shows uh so just an old zentai show and so he shows up and he's like where are your champions where are your rangers how to feed them and everyone's like what and he <laughs> discovers that, that none of that ever existed it was just a dumb tv show and oh he's like God. all right well, i told like my princess and my government and my military and everything that these there were like the greatest heroes in the universe here <laughs> that i would defeat them so he takes on an alter ego and goes and finds a group of high school kids and teaches them how to be power rangers and gets them like connected <laughs> with NASA and builds them like a giant robot and then has fights with them that he purposely loses to make them look <laughs> that's fun that's, that's really really good. uh see i actually uh this reminded me all this chatting we it reminded me of a actually a comic series called nowhere nowhere men um which i think I've only read one volume of it because it started coming out and then I think it had to take a long hiatus, like mm. years long. Um, but the premise of it was that what if instead of the Beatles, like what if the Beatles weren't a music group, but they were scientists? So mm. what if like the biggest kind of like, um, like Western kind of like cultural thing of the 60s instead of like four musicians was like four scientists and then it plays off of that? And I think like that might be a fun kind of thing where you you have to deal with like PR and like touring around the world and dealing with publicity, but instead of doing music or something like that, you're also having to come up with like scientific solutions for things. Like you're trying to solve the latest kind of like health crisis or like there's an asteroid here to two Earth or something like that. Uh, but yeah, no women. I might have to try and catch up on it and see if see whether it's actually picked up again because. I read it and enjoyed it, and then it just stopped. Oh, mate. Any any universe where the Beatles doesn't exist, I'm in. Uh, but... <laughs> you loved the film yesterday. <laughs> no, because that's, that seems to think that if someone who wasn't the Beatles wrote the Beatles music, they would immediately become famous, which I hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right. Okay. Thank you very much for that weekly segment. But I think, as we are coming to the end of this podcast, it is time, Matt, that we have... A few questions from the audience. Yeah, I think we've we've maybe got time for... Let's do one. Let's do this one from Rampaging Noob, if you don't mind reading it, Wales. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, for anyone who's listening and wants to ask us a question, Toto, I'm going to kick you out in a minute. You, you're going to get barred. <laughs> I swear to God. He's going buck wild. Um, for anyone who would like to send a question into this here podcast, you can either 
Catch us live on Fridays at 2pm, where we uh, stream to youtube.com forward slash Dicebreaker. Or you can get at us at contact or podcast. We do podcasts. Podcast at Dicebreaker.com. Podcast like, I, forgot, at Dicebreaker.com. I forgot to say the email because I haven't done this in a couple of weeks. <laughs> but look, if this is what I leave behind where you can't even get the email right, it's it's just the word. It's at just least podcast. I attempted it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I the, respect that. The question from Rampaging Noob on Twitter, I believe, if they got the, uh, the at next to them, is... <laughs> Please may I ask, what were your most embarrassing moments as Games Masters? It doesn't matter which game, uh, that way it throws it open to more people to answer, if you would like to, of course. Uh, so, I'll open that up to the floor. Most embarrassing Ooh. moments as a Game Master. I feel like people talk a lot about, like, what was the wackiest thing that happened to you in character and stuff, but, like, playing the game as a Game Master, is... yeah. If you, if you guys are thinking, I've got one. Um, yeah, yeah, go for it. There was, uh, I feel like a lot of people will, will connect with this because I'm very much, like when I GM, I'm theory of the mind. I'm like making it up as I go along. Like I hate prep. Like it, it really trips me up because I just can't, I can't ingest that much information, especially like module books. Like I just can't keep that much stuff in my head. So I'd much rather like uh, improv. Um, but the problem with that is sometimes you like, introduce this massive plot point it's like oh my god it's like you know it's the big bad or whatever and in this case i was like here's a really important character and i gave him all the pomp and circumstance that you would imagine for someone who's that important um and <laughs> it got to like the end of the session and one of the players was like whoa so what happened with that guy and i was like uh <laughs> who's that and they were like you know the one that you were building up for like 20 minutes when we started i was like Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the thing that happens to a lot of people. Where you're just like, I, I don't remember doing that. <laughs> it's like when yeah. we get off a stream and people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said this. I'm like, I don't know what I said on stream. I was I was just rambling for two hours. <laughs> yeah, I I can actually, uh, I don't know, Dizzy, if you've got one uh, ready to go or. Uh, uh, I, I the, off the top of my head, the, the only things that I can think of are like, uh, I also very much subscribe to kind of like making things up as I go only because every every time I've tried to sit down and really plan something, it is not worked out according to the plan that I made. <laughs> so I gave up on that. Um, what I basically end up doing now is coming up with points. And then like whenever they get close to whenever my players get close to one of the points, I'll just like move it over so that it's a little more in front of them and let them hit that. Mm -hmm. And then it looks like I'm a brilliant genius who planned everything out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but occasionally something will happen where either one or more of my players will completely and totally guess like everything that I had planned for the entire session at the beginning. And I'll go, uh, no, <laughs> that's not it. No, um, something else. Uh, uh, actually, you have to go over here and do this. Talk to this. There's like a whole thing. Oh, no, there's there's so much more. You, you got to start over here, though. Go Go over here. Damn it. Oh, what? Uh, no, that, that would be really obvious. Damn it, we're down here. <laughs> yeah, entirely too. The fact that you even guessed it means that there's no way <laughs> planning. Uh, or worse, the much worse scenario is like, I am very into puzzles. When I started out playing, I was really poor at combat encounters. I didn't really understand it. Uh, but what I did really understand was like going through dungeons, like looking for traps, avoiding certain things, figuring out things. I was good at the puzzles part. Uh, so even though I didn't understand combat, I understood the rest. Uh, so I really like to make puzzle dungeons for my campaigns. But 
not everybody is super duper good at puzzles that they didn't design mm. which my all of my most embarrassing moments in a game are when i had to just like give the players a way out of a puzzle and that's it's not really embarrassing because they know something was wrong they're just like oh man i couldn't figure this out and then something works out for them and they're like oh good thing that happened but it's embarrassing for me in my head because i'm like oh man that that was such a cool puzzle i thought but mm. like now thinking about it more and looking at it there was no way they were going to figure that out what yeah. were you doing Puzzles are tough. Like I, that, I admire anyone who can come up with puzzles for like campaigns and then scenarios because it's it's something I typically avoid because I just am like I don't have confidence in myself to like come up with something like clever enough or like that's gonna work. So mm. I think yeah, that's like, what I look later. for in in like uh, RPG books with like pre-written <clears> content <throat> and stuff where it's like I don't want you know a a forty-hour campaign that you've written out. I, I just want like little bits that I can just be like, uh, I can just flip through and be like, yeah, that works. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's there's a little puzzle room in here, <laughs> and I just start Somebody reading just it out. Like, uh, do you know about? Oh my god, what is it called? Is it Kobold Press? Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 something like that. Like, apparently, that's a lot. Like, I had never heard of them until just recently. Uh, somehow, despite that they're apparently massive, um somebody just recently told me though like you should check them out because what they do is they don't make like adventures mm. they make like encounters that you yeah. can just slip in between other things mm. like that that blew my mind i checked them out right away and i was like oh well this is valuable mm. yeah just like a really modular approach yeah exactly that yeah. Go on, Matt. Uh, i you know what i'm i'm really struggling uh i don't know if it's just because my mind zonked from from monopoly but I think like the only the only thing I can think of it is less embarrassing than it is just kind of like a kind of similar to you were saying, Wills. It's like when we when we first when I first joined Dicebreaker, that I think the first RPG we did, or that at least that I did, was with Cody Pondsmith when we played Cyberpunk Red. Yes. And like Cody Pondsmith, obviously like incredible GM, knows the game inside out, like designed that game, like co-designed that game, um, was using like miniatures to like like mark things out and like let us know. And I think it was just one of those things where I remember for the, and we were at PAX Unplugged. So, you know, we were like jet lagged and like doing the show floor and then like recording for three hours. Um, and I remember just like multiple times being like, well, I'm going to do this. And then Cody being like, well, you're outside. Like you're not in this <laughs> corridor the rest of the trip. And just feeling like, just like, oh God, no. Like I'm just, I'm just absolutely like, like screwing this up. Like it's my first RPG on camera, like with, the team that I've known a few weeks, but like I'm getting to know for this RPG, like with a guest GM, and it's just like, ah, oh, I'm just like making a fool of myself. But <laughs> like Co Cody is like the loveliest person in the world. Like mm. it's very kind of accommodating and very like understanding and and did that thing that all good GMs do, where they're just like, hey, you know, like actually like you're inside, like don't and like just didn't make a big thing out of it. It was just kind of like, you know, almost like helping that theater of the mind style and and they're spelling out a bit more, so yeah, I, I appreciate I that. But... Love playing with Cody. Like, I, yeah. I like, I always look forward to the idea of doing more of that cyberpunk campaign because, like, I'm not even like, I'm not. It's not like that, you know. Oh, I love playing that character, or like I love that world, or even the system or anything. It's like I just want to, I want to be GM yeah. Cody. Cody is so good. <laughs> yeah, he is absolutely fantastic. Um, I think we can. We've got time for one more from Rasmus NEM for Dizzy. Mm -hmm. If you know this, what are the typical reactions of people into more old school rap when uh, when they learn that you rap about tabletop games? Uh that. That's a pretty good question. A lot of the people who have been writing in are from sort of like the tabletop side of it. 
so they've just been reacting because it's like a lot of tabletop gamers like most people uh tend to have like a, a kind of a large part of the fan base who is into rap or hip-hop uh, and so they're just writing in as gamers who are like, wow, I can't believe I'm seeing like a rapper hip hop representation of this thing. I like there aren't a whole lot of like hip hop heads who are writing into me and they're just like, yo, you're rapping about tabletop games. That's awesome. But there have been a couple. There's been a couple of different comments and they're just like, yo, is there like, did I miss something? Is there a whole like gaming genre of hip hop? And what what is going on right now? What is this? Um, I would hazard to say that like 99% of the people who have seen this and said anything to me though uh are not people who i guess subscribe to the notion that hip hop all has to sound a specific way yeah uh it's it's rather it's instead uh people who are really into gaming and who are excited to see it in a different format mm -hmm. um but i i also would be curious to know that like people who are really into like uh just like more i guess like 90s early 2000s rap and hip-hop who would hear something like this and what they would think of it um but that's that's not who has heard it yet so far as far as I <laughs> all right yeah well i think that's a, a pretty good yeah. way of rounding this thing off we were we <laughs> apologize to, <laughs> to Deanna, the chat. me and matt want to just go crawl into a hole because we're so tired we play so much monopoly <laughs> we for so long i mean like again we made five thousand dollars for an incredible course but mm. it was five thousand monopoly it was just at the end of it i was just completely gone I couldn't. I, I would look at my floor and just see like the spaces I needed to move. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you, thank you so much, Dizzy, for joining us. Uh, like, let give yourself another plug. Where can people find you? Where can people find the Bard Chronicles at the moment? Uh, currently, like, if you want to head to dizzythebard.com, um, you can get a link to the Kickstarter. It's also bit.ly/dizzythebard. I am Dizzy the Bard everywhere. Uh, you can look on YouTube. You can look on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I technically have a Twitch. I have a Snapchat, but I haven't done anything on either one of them yet. So I leave them alone. There's nothing there. Um, but the Kickstarter is the big thing right now. That's where I'm putting up the updates. That's obviously that's the the thing that I'm I'm doing to kind of get help with finishing the project. Um, and that is where you can get most of the previews that exist at the moment. Like the, the pitch video is a rap and it has like two out of three of the verses are narrative. Um, and I've posted one song preview of a song called Verisimilitude. I'm posting another preview soon. I'm just, I'm, I'm working on graphics for it because I hate posting just audio by itself. It's mm. lazy. Um, but there will be, you know, more things being posted about the project to give you kind of a better look at what it will actually sound like in the end. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for joining us again. And like I said earlier, like not just because you're on as a guest, but I like I listened to that, like I wrote the the news story we did. Like I genuinely really, really enjoyed what I've heard so far. Like I think you gave me a preview of a song that's not out just yet. It's um, not out. Um that might be one of the one of the upcoming previews. That one, um, I was considering, I was toying with the idea of putting up a preview of the boss fight, but I kinda don't want to. I just want that to stay a surprise. <laughs> um, and there's there's two other tracks that I'm also thinking about putting up previews of. But the one that I sent you is one of my favorites so far, and it's also the one that I'm having the most trouble finishing. <laughs> Eleven verses long right now. It's oh wow. Too... Incredible. Um, it's it's a lot of fun to write a combat encounter it's really cool yeah it's awesome and uh of course thank you wills for joining us once again uh You're welcome on this uh uh live podcast if 
uh, yeah, if you want to check it out, if you're not listening live, if you're catching up with the audio version, we're live every Friday, 2 to 4 BST. Uh, but you can also listen to this on Spotify and so on. Of course, you can find us in the usual places, dicebreaker.com, youtube.com slash dicebreaker, or on Twitter at joindicebreaker. But for this week, thank you, Diz again. Thank you, Wills again. I've been Matt Jarvis. Thank you for listening out there. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. And until we meet again, have a lovely day. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>